ladies, gentlemen, please take your seats. The spotlight is about to begin. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the Mystery Mat Spotlight presents Chris's Corner. Hello, this is Chris. Tonight in studio with us, we have Jason Chase, Sarah, and Matt, and myself. Chris. I get to be here too? Yeah. Even though I peeked out right at the start. Oh, grand. Way to go, Matt. I can fix it. I can fix it. So, uh, first and foremost, Jason, how about you introduce yourself? Hey, how's everybody? Ugh, I can't even speak. <laughs> See, the thing is, you, you, if you start getting nervous, I'm just going to roll. Uh, right there is perfect. You were saying about it being too loud, too quiet. I don't know how much of that you can see. But pretty loud, talking like this, you peek out. Okay. Talking back here, it almost I have a deeper voice, so mine registers easier. See, I definitely don't. See how it goes yeah. flat? But me, I have to be about here to be able to be heard and understood. So you're probably... It's about a fist. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. What's about okay, a well, fist? either way, my name's Jason Chase. Uh, I've wrestled since, like, 2009. It's 2022 now, so I guess that's been a while. Yeah, um, I'd say. I only do one or two shows nowadays, just trying to put the new guys over. But, uh, yeah, Chris is a buddy of mine. He invited me onto the show, so I figured I'd come by and say hi. Well, it's a good time for it. It's the, uh, only the second episode of Chris's Corner, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is. This so, is our second episode. It's good to get in on the ground level, so I've yeah. heard. Yeah, usually. <clears throat> All right, so my first question for you is, who got you into wrestling? Uh, I guess when I was young, it would be my grandfather. I started watching wrestling when I was like two years old. Uh, started comprehending wrestling when I was about four or five. Went to my first wrestling show when I was seven, and then uh, got into wrestling myself when I was 16. Started training at Squared Circle, so I guess my grandfather and Chris Jericho, you know, some of the old WWF guys. You're going to want to be closer. Or louder. You decide. All right. Well, that kind (laughs) of transitions into the second question, which was, where did you start your training? Is this a little better for loudness? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I worked at a scrapyard, so everything's either yelling or really quiet. And not to mention when I'm doing promos, you know, you're you're kind of used to yelling at people. You're a promo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, the answer to your question would be Squared Circle Wrestling, Squared Circle Training back in Toronto. There, Rob Fuego used to run it. Uh, it's closed down now. He runs Lucha Demand or Demand Lucha, one of the two. Uh, but is that's that down local in as well? That, that's that's down in Toronto, oh, okay. yeah. So, uh, but they run like weekday shows. I think they're on Thursdays and stuff. So, I think it's kind of neat that we have. I think it's kind of neat that we have uh, a lucha company that's local. You know what I mean? Because it's usually seen as a Mexican or a Spanish thing, right? Yeah. Well, at Squared Circle, we actually learn like three different styles. We learn uh, North American style, lucha style, and uh, Japanese style as well. So oh, we nice. had Rob Fuego. And Jordan Marquez, Marcus Marquez, doing the lucha in the North American styles. Uh, and then we had Cobra Kai, uh, Steve Sevjakovic. Oh, nice. Who's down in BC, I believe, now actually uh, teaching you the Japanese style. So he's been all over the world. Chris, by the way, your lighter still works. Oh, thanks, Matt. I know. I can see you using it. <laughs> um, so you already answered my next question, 
question was uh, who trained you and where. Uh, He's well, burning through his notes. Yeah. Do, yeah. Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's knocking a thousand here. What do we? <laughs> uh, don't don't worry. I can. Okay. I can add to this. Okay. So when when you're training, like when you first went in, did you expect it? Like, what did you have, like, in terms of expectations? Like, did you know it was going, like, did you run the ropes first? Did you bump first? Like, so it was really weird. I, I started wrestling in a different time, like a different era. Uh, nowadays, a lot of people are unfortunately coddled. And after, like, six, seven months, they're thrown onto shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people in my training school wrestled for a year or two uh, before even getting on shows because you had to do training matches for a good, you know, six months before you're able to be deemed worthy to be put onto a live show. Mm-hmm. And then you learn from another, you know, group of people, which is the audience, right? Right. Because I actually think that they should still be doing it this mm. that way for safety reasons. Because, I mean, if you go too fast, you're gonna, that's when you're going to have more injuries happen. And yeah. that can also lessen the career, like shorten it for up-and-coming wrestlers. For sure. Yeah, well, also you asked about, like, what you learned first, right? Yeah. So uh, wrestling was different cost-wise, too, back in the day. Like, I paid $250 a month to wrestle, um, or you paid $2,500 for the whole year, which is what I ended up doing. And uh, that showed commitment, I guess, into the actual uh, longevity of you being there at that school rather than people that kind of show up for a month and want to just kind of learn how to run the ropes or do they, a body slam and then they want to leave just yeah, to get that experience right? yeah they don't really take it seriously as a full-on profession they just want to exactly dip yeah. their toe in the water and then go home for sure yeah. yeah and it's not even really about taking it seriously it's just that might be enough for some people you know like some people getting in the ring just taking one bump is enough right like you go in there and you're like hey i watched wrestling since i was a little kid i've always loved it i've loved the, the people i've idolized right so like getting in the ring is a super cool experience in of itself <laughs> And, uh, you know, people forget how much it actually hurts in association with taking yeah. the bumps and hitting the ropes, right? So uh, it's not for everybody, for sure. Do you think, like, taking that first big bump would actually change someone's mind? Be like, oh, well, maybe I can't take these the way I thought I could, you know? Uh, it depends if you hit your head or not. Well. Um, neck neck conditioning is a huge thing in wrestling, right? Um, I don't know if it still is, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is still. Okay. <laughs> One of Rip's biggest things in his training classes, the first thing he teaches you is to always look at your jewels. <laughs> it's the number, it's the, it keeps your tuck head your tucked. Chin, yeah. yeah, tuck your chin. But instead, always look at your jewels. Check your nuts. Yeah. yeah Oddly enough, sure. that's what we learned when we, when I was taking figure skating is always when you're going to fall, tuck your head. Right. You get one concussion and you're done. Like, maybe not done. Right, but, but it's your whole your idea yeah. of who you think you are has changed. Yeah. As soon as you hit your head off the mat, you're like, oh shit, maybe this isn't for me. Or, you know, maybe... It's like, fuck, that know, really hurt. Yeah, yeah, like, maybe you're dizzy and you just can't. You feel wobbly and, and you're nervous. It's like getting into a car accident or something. A lot of people, like, instantly get that PTSD, right? So, you never know. When and where did you have your first match, if you can remember? When... 2009, it was Havoc at the Hangar against Jay Phenomenal and Roy Toy Stevens. I don't know if either of them wrestle still. That's a great uh, name, Roy Toy Stevens. <laughs> yeah, he was a massive dude. He was like 6'6", <laughs> like jacked up. Yeah, he was great. Super nice guy, too. Um, but no, I believe it was in Burlington, um, probably some high school. Uh, but yeah, the main debut debut i guess would be tiger fest that was kind of like a training uh student show 
So I did Tiger Fest 2009 uh, with Tiger Ali Singh and guys like Viscera and Rhino and whatnot. Yeah, there oh, there was a bunch of WWE guys on the show. Rhino, so. I know Rhino. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I'm the Sanjay least was on the show. Guy. Chris Saban, Alex Shelley. Nice. Um, we had Tyson Dukes, of course. Uh, yeah. Some of the local indie talent like um, Buck Gunderson was on there. Uh, Anthony Fiasco at the time, who was popular. Uh, Empire, but not the same Empire that yeah. you're thinking. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I guess 2009 Tiger Fest would be the statistical debut. Now, was it named Tiger Fest because of Tiger Alley Singh? Was yeah, it his show? For everything. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was Fuego's like, ring and you know all of his students and stuff like that. But uh, Tiger actually paid for everything. And then we had like a massive gala banquet afterwards. And it was kind of cool. We got to be on a one-to-one level with a lot of the ex-WWF and WWE guys rather than feeling like they're just on the show getting paid a lot. And then getting back on their plane and going home, you know. Yeah, Tiger Ali Singh unfortunately didn't get a really good long run in WWE. Yeah, I kind of floundered. Really to be honest, fast. he's kind of a dickhead. Well, I heard that, but I didn't want to come out and say it. Yeah, no, I'm trying to be political. I, I mean, his You're dad, right? Tiger Jeet Singh, fantastic guy. I've right? heard that. Yes, legend all over the world. In Japan, you know, he made his name, sort of thing. Tiger Ali Singh, spoiled rich kid who got his name because of his dad got into the WWE. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I, I I got the correct thing going on here, but from what I heard from X-Pac, Shawn Michaels shit in his turban, he got mad, talked a bunch of shit to Vince McMahon, and then, you know, when you kick down the boss's door, they don't usually like that, and then you get fired instead. Very so, few people can get you know, away with doing things anywhere near Vince's office. Right. I mean, when it's 2018, and you're still using the Rock's catchphrases and, you know, Stone Cold Stunners and stuff like that as your finishing moves, and not your own yeah, stuff. Yeah, that says wash clearly, up to me. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. I'm going to use what made other people popular to see if it works for me. I mean, this guy broke our ring and didn't even apologize. Like, yeah, he threw Tatanka into the corner, snapped our entire ring post, put his foot through the center uh, uh, beams of our, our 15 or 16 foot ring that we had there. Like, it was fried. Wait, the Tatanka? Yeah, Chris Chavez. Yeah, there was a few. Uh, was it Chris Chavez? I don't know him actually by by name. Um, the original Tatanka? Yeah, the big guy. Yeah, yeah, that's Chris yeah. Chavez. Okay, he's yeah. A, he's a solid dude. Solid yeah, dude. Yeah, he I met was there. Bushwhacker Luke Comic-Con. was there. Uh, yeah, we, there was a lot of big guys on that show, actually. Yeah, I met... I met Tatanka at Hamilton Comic Con. I was wearing my free Kiska T-shirt, and he was asking me, or no, I was reading "Be Kind, Be Kind to Animals, or I'll Kill You" T-shirt. So he was starting to ask me questions about it, and we had a good conversation. He's a good dude. <laughs> Actually, I met Rocky Johnson at that same event, and he hit on me. <laughs> Soul Man Rocky Johnson, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's fantastic. He was great. Yeah, he used to be at pretty much every show. Uh, between him and Bernadette, I don't know if there's any bigger fans of indie wrestling in Ontario. Oh, Bernadette. Yeah, like the little Bernadette girl, Johnson. Yeah, the little one. Yeah, yeah, I've she's seen her fanta- for years. Yeah, great person too. Uh, <laughs> loudest one in the bunch, even Always. though she's the smallest. Yeah, she <laughs> used to go to all of the signings at WWE Niagara Falls all the time, and you'd hear her throughout. I'm like, oh, here's Bernadette. She's here. Yeah. We can hear. Her, you know, is that like a Vicky Guerrera kind of thing? Kind Excuse of. me, but on a different scale, maybe. Well, the first time I ever met Bernadette was at. Um, a death proof show, which is another promotion here in the Ontario circuit that no, unfortunately is no longer around. It's now no ring North. And, uh, even its promoter is thinking about closing it down, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, I met her and it was like, Oh my God, it's a walking sausage. She's shorter than me. Yeah. Like she's 
She's four. I think she's five foot flat. And she. No, she's got to be shorter because I'm five foot oh, and a half. She's got. Because she was like. Four. Yeah. Now, have okay. you ever met a guy named Alex Cameron? Uh, I might have met him. I don't know him by name. No. No. What does he look like? Uh, real kind of top heavy dude, like more chest than most. No. 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 I don't know how long he was in it for. So I and I also don't know what circles he was traveling in. Right. So, so many yeah, different companies and promotions no, going so. on. Right. And and he's not in it anymore and hasn't been for years. He's got a you know family and kids. Like I mean, to be honest, I blame the fact that I don't watch indie wrestling. It's mm. Disappointing, but like unless I'm on the show or you know going towards being on a show, it's kind of hard to get out to them. Uh, right? So it's hard to keep up with all the storylines and all the new guys. People are constantly debuting. So what? What it's show? Just, it's exhausting. What shows yeah. are you on now? Uh, just CPW for now, yeah. CPW, that's yeah, for which I, I now? did a No Ring North show. Um, last show before that, I guess, would be Fight. Uh, I used to do Smash, uh, you know, Squared Circle, Max Pro Wrestling, um, Demand Lucha before it was Demand Lucha, right? Um, yeah. Are you a high flyer guy or? I used to be. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now <laughs> I have bad knees. <laughs> oh, now, now you're just kind of t- yeah. I used to do all kinds of stuff. Uh, I was known as the guy that would just take whatever bump, essentially. And uh, Fuego always told me you only have so many bumps in you, essentially. But uh, that that know, that's that doesn't go through your mind until yeah. you're like already broken, and you're like, oh, I have you worn those boots ropes? in the ring? No, they're diesel. They're oh. they're like they're four hundred dollar boots that they cost more than wrestling boots. <laughs> As um the Hardys and Edge and Christian used to say, you only have so many bumps on your bump card, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and 100%. that's what they call it—the bump card. Um, I'm probably overstepping Chris's questions and shit. Sorry, Chris. I know this is your corner. We're only at 14 minutes. You got time. Oh yeah, we got tons of time. So I know this is probably jumping ahead, but if there was anybody among the AEW Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE, um, group now that you would like to be in the ring, like if you could have the chance to be in the ring with, who would be your go-to? I've actually wrestled with a bunch of people in AEW and WWE. Oh. Uh, like, I, I've had matches with Johnny Gargano. Oh. I've had matches with uh, Evil Uno when he was Player Uno. Um, like, Stu Grayson. Yeah. You yeah. Know, the, uh, I, Shane Matthews was Matt Lee, who is now Matt Blanchard or Matt, yeah. Matt something. He's part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I, I've had matches with, like, Tatanka and uh, Viscera. Mm-hmm. They were in Battle Royals and stuff like that with me. Um I did movies with Bret Hart and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Nice. Right? Uh, so, like, I've seen a bunch of the inside guys. Yeah. In terms of people I haven't gotten to, you know, meet or, or actually. You know who's actually a really good guy, too? Sami Zayn. He used to be El Generico. I've heard that. Yes. The, we back... actually are big Sami Zayn fans oh, in this house. Super great guy, like, in real life, in wrestling. Super intelligent. Well, yeah, very I intelligent. Super talented. I don't know if he tokes. Yeah. Does he toke? Are we allowed to tell that? I, even if we, if I mean, he works for the Fed now, so even but if they he have does, lifted that ban, though they yeah. lifted that ban because of Riddle. Fair. Right? Well, I'm not going to say one way or another. And I don't think Triple H. Is Either way, he's a cool guy. Yeah, he, he's a cool guy. He's a very cool guy. He's a lot cooler than guys like Sean Waltman. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> Billy Gunn was a piece of shit in real life. So don't meet him at Hamilton Comic Con. Don't meet him. I met Billy Gunn. I was like, hey buddy, it's nice meeting you. I'm Greg, and he's like, give me a fucking water. I'm like, wow. Yeah. That's uh, brutal. I expected that from Ric Flair, but Ric 
Flair, super Bret nice. Hart was like that too. Yeah. Bret Hart was a dickhead. Oh um, no, 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 not to me. He wasn't. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Piper was great. Piper, I met. Yeah, Bret, not so. You much. know who was a dick, and he's not a wrestler. Uh, you remember the guy who played the original Robin, Burt Ward? Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. Um. I took River to go meet him because River was just getting into the 1960s Batman. Nice. And he would not talk to me at all until there was money on the table. He Dude, would not look at me. It's something to do with Batman people. I don't know who the... I can't remember the guy's name, but um, me and that Kyle. I don't know if you guys know yeah, who he is. Yeah, you do? i to try to get Kyle on. Beautiful. Yeah, he's great. Uh, me and that Kyle went to uh, the Hamilton Comic Con actually, and uh, we went to go see that penguin guy that's on oh, Gotham. Okay. Yeah. He was a dickhead too, but yeah. he wanted like sixty five dollars just to say hi and a hundred dollars for a picture. And yeah. I'm like, bro, you just go say hi. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna step back a few inches and I'm just gonna take pictures on my phone and then we're gonna dip. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bert Ward. He uh, would only talk to my daughter, who at the time is like what three? Two or three. Two or three, and I'm like, man, I'm the one putting the sixty-five bucks in the jar. You know, you could at least say thank you or thanks for coming right. or good to see you or anything else like that. Instead, it's like, oh yeah, who's this too? Oh, your daughter. Oh, okay. Well, it's good to see. You. Have a good night. See you, girl. That was it. It's yeah, just like oh. I think actors initially are more humble for a long time until they get to be old, right? And when they're old, they start getting like Alzheimer's sort of thing, and <laughs> they start getting a little bit pissy. And, you know, because they've done it for 60 years. Yeah. But, like, wrestlers, they get jaded so fast. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. They're like, oh, you know who I am? I'm an indie vet. I've been on the scene for four years. Four years. I'm fantastic. I've also never gotten signed. Mm -hmm. I'm complete garbage. I started my own wrestling school if you want to, uh, you know, pay me $150 a month yeah. to learn nothing and never get signed. But, yeah. but don't worry about it, because I'm an indie vet. I've only ever had two bad experiences with wrestlers, um, Shawn Michaels being one of them. Uh, that was back in 96, 97. And he was signing in Ancaster at Walmart with Sonny. Sonny was very nice, but Shawn wouldn't take his sunglasses off. He kept his head down, and he just couldn't make up things. Fuck I mean, he was on a lot of drugs Yeah, back and then, then Tori oh, Wilson. He? Tori yeah. Wilson was that a That was bitch. before he found God or whatever, yeah. right? So. And then Tori Wilson, she was a complete bitch. Yeah? Yeah. I, Lita was kind of like that. Lita was great for me twice. I really? met her twice. We I have the opposite experiences. We do. Like Trish Stratus. Okay, we had Trish Stratus and Lita on a um, show with El Hio Del Santos. We flew him down from Mexico, right? And we did it in an art gallery in Toronto. And Lita's like, she comes up, she's like, hi. Walks over to her merch table, doesn't talk to anybody the entire show. Mm -hmm. Trish is like that weird motherly figure. Oh, she was great. I talked like to her all the time on Instagram. You. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, as soon as she sees you, she grabs you and like you can't breathe. And it's like, it's cool when you're like a young kid or whatever. And you're like, oh, Tori Wilson, Trish Stratus, they're hot, blah, blah, blah. And then you grow up and you're like, oh, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. First time, great. Second time, you're like, can I please just like, can you let go of me? I, ca I can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Trish actually uh, paid. For our daughter to have a couple video dance classes on the internet. Well, that nice. Well, gave she, us. Yeah, she gave us like a discount on Outschool, and it 
yeah. saved us some money. But when I was pregnant with her, with not Trish, with River, right? Trish was at Hamilton Comic Con, and it was like the third time I met her. And I said to her, "I'm like, oh look, I'm having a baby." And she stood there, and there's a lineup, and she talked to me for 15 minutes, giving me birthing advice and everything. That's so cute. And then she yeah. gave me a free picture that's hanging on River's wall, signed by Trish. You know, future grandbaby, your mama rocks. And and then ever since then, like. She met River with Trish and Lita, both of them, Trish and Lita, um, Niagara Falls Comic Con. And she must have told Lita about River because River's standing in line. She goes, oh, hi, Lita. And Lita turns around, hi, River. And then she's like, hi, Trish. And Trish is, hi, River. Like, like they were so nice. And it was like, oh, my God. Like, it was it was a good experience for River, too. Yeah. And. She's still local, too, right? Like, I think she's Trish? just in Toronto. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's in Toronto. Yeah, she had a yoga studio and mm-hmm. stuff for a bit. She sold that, apparently. Fair. Oh really? Yeah, she did. She sold it. She's just so busy with her kids, right? And you can't blame her. Kids, family comes first. And... Yeah. But no, Trish was fantastic, and I'm hoping <laughs> now to meet Kurt Angle and Victoria for a second time because Victoria was nice. a sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna hijack my podcast. Yeah, back. hijack it back. All right, back to questions for Jason Chase. <laughs> what is your worst injury you've ever had? I don't actually know. I mean, what like your. Well, that's what I mean. So injuries are weird for me. Like, I don't know if it's just a, like a ginger thing or what, but uh, I forget all about the injury as soon as I'm healed. Like, yeah. I, I ripped my MCL off the bone. They had to put it back on with a screw. I had six months of ultrasound therapy. It was a shit year, right? But I don't remember that year. My knee doesn't hurt anymore. But as soon as I tore my other knee, right? I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck, this is the worst pain ever, right? But, like, I got thrown into a car, for instance, on the Nowhere North show, and, uh, like, I sliced my entire trap open, and I didn't feel it for, like, a good, you know, six, seven hours until I was getting home. That's adrenaline. Right? Yeah, just shock, that, right? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this is more of a throbbing pain, but it wasn't, like, the worst pain ever. Um, I find anything that basically limits your ability to do stuff is the worst because you're not able to live your normal life. So, like, if you fuck your knee up, you can't walk very well, so you can't carry things, you can't do anything, you can't get into your car, or drive, or whatever, right? Um, whereas if I hurt my wrist, even if it was, like, broken in half, I feel like that would be less <laughs> in the long run than my knee. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this one you're kind of going to have a little fun with because I figured you'd have fun with this one. Is there any companies you would never work for again? Again? So like something bad the happened in the locker room. You yeah. gotta think about it. Or a promoter juju or something like that. Like. Okay, well, well, I'm gonna be real. I guess when it comes down to it, there's no no like promotions that I wouldn't work for again. There's certain people that I wouldn't work for again. I know Chris Chambers runs Super Kicked, right? Me and Chris Chambers are dope. We never had an issue with each other. But Al, um, what's his name? Ashley Six. Ashley Six is a dirtbag. But he moved to BC. So he's no longer in the picture. So oh, Super Kick wants me on their show. Call me up, right? Give me a ringy dingy. Demand Lucha, me and Fuego, we're great. Everything is good. CPW, I already worked that show. <laughs> Let's just no hope. Ring North, it's on a hiatus right now. I couldn't give a fuck. I'll come back when they're ready. I might not do a death match, but I'll still work their show. I like everybody there. My, my biggest hope for this specific podcast that we're recording now. Yeah. Is that Chris promoted in the right circles, unlike last time. Fair. Well, here, I got a question, actually. What promotions are actually around right now 
because uh, like I don't even know. There's not enough people at these promotions that are like like everybody for instance has their own shows right you'll see the same group of guys on uh cpw and you'll see the same yeah they mix and match you know demand lucha right like it used to be like the ontario guys could be anybody on any show right so like i'm not entirely sure which promotions are even around right now have you ever in quebec have you ever been quote unquote jobber number two you know like where they don't even name you I've been jobber number two my whole life. It's great. Yeah, it's yeah, good times. That's the best part about it. Usually when you say yes to everything, you get booked more and you get more experiences and you get, you know, asked to go places and do stuff. Like I got to hang out with Gail Kim and Sasha Banks before, you know, they were in the WWE for like 10 years or whatever. Right? And it turns out you get right. more paychecks too if you say yes. That is true too. Yeah. Like back when I was wrestling before, like guys nowadays make forty to a hundred dollars or whatever a pay. Like we were getting paid like a hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars, like plus gas money and like fucking lunch. Like I don't know what's going on. Do you on mind now, if I ask how old you are? I'm thirty. Thirty. Okay. Yeah. So I started in oh nine. Oh nine. So I guess that's thirteen years or whatever. So you're like twenty one ish. Because like I said, unless you got signed, even people that got signed. Most of these people doing seminars and all this bullshit around Ontario, it's ridiculous. You're telling me Serena Deeb has anything to offer, right? I have How to even fail heard in a company, person. go to another company and bitch about the fact that you're bad at, a, uh, at your job at the last company you worked for, right? Like, there's so many people that don't achieve anything, even in the WWE or even in AEW, that work there for six months and then leave. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I could charge these kids 75 bucks to you know learn nothing how to do a headlock for an hour yeah. like wrestling unfortunately for the they most can part, learn my three moves yeah. yeah right like how's that gonna help anybody Just I, because they have those three letters at the end on their resume exactly like it, it's ridiculous and they instantly get paid way more too so yeah, it's, like, it's no heart foundation sign yeah right <laughs> Like, T.J. Wilson, for instance, is in Ontario, I think, or maybe he's back in Alberta now, but, yeah, okay, but he was in Ontario for a bit, and he was running shows and stuff, and, like, he was working the same matches as everybody else. He wasn't main event every show, he wasn't getting paid, like, ten times the amount, he was helping Ontario talent to get booked on other shows in Quebec and in Mexico and stuff like that, like... T.J.'s great. Yeah, T.J.'s awesome. He wishes me happy birthday every year nice yeah yeah buddies on facebook but you know what i mean like yeah. there's certain people that are super humble like that and are down to earth and there's other people that just think their shit don't stay. i do find that more of the canadian wrestlers who have made it to like wwe aew seem to be a lot more humbler i'm not trying to you know put them in a box because we're canadian we're biased or not but i do find that like when i've met edge and christian well, now we got the yeah. WWE jet They're the all WWE jets wait you met christian i met like christian. personally uh, how I'm long a- is that guy's hands they're huge, dude! I went to shake his hand. He's got his such long fingers. Yeah, his fingers touched my like elbow crease. I was like, "Damn, son, relax." I was like, "You're feeling yeah. me up here." He's like, yeah. "Sorry, that's just how long my fingers are." Like same with Natalia. She was super great when I met her. Uh, Harry Smith was yep. great because I met the three of them: Harry, um, TJ, and Natalia, all at in Hamilton or Toronto. Sorry, at Real Sports years ago. Yeah, they were around here for a couple years. Actually. Yeah, they were yeah. awesome. And then I met Smith Hart actually at a Chris Jericho book signing. He was nice to me. I don't know. I mean, I know the Hart family can be kind of up and down. They're a little bit crazy. Smith was weird. Uh, long story short, because I don't want to speak ill of the dead, is uh, basically Smith had a couple of things going on in his brain where he would tell you something and then completely forget that he ever told you something. 
So I've he might that. be like, hey, I watched your match and that was fantastic. And I want to bring you to Puerto Rico and put you in my, you know, villa and, you know, introduce you to different promoters. And hey, I got Vince on speed dial and then get on a plane, you know, and dip. <laughs> it's the thing with Smith, though, from judging from what I've heard about him, he was very flighty about everything including yes. his own family so i mean it, it's hard but maybe when you met him like when i met him for those few seconds he was nice enough to pose for a picture and a very very nice guy you know um i did a um but yeah i'm they're, they're not perfect oh it was a family's not perfect. way far from perfect i did a smith hearts uh stew hearts dungeon training session down in branford one time <clears throat> talking about scammers right <laughs> when i first started here and i paid 80 dollars to go and learn from the legendary Smith Hart of the Hart family in the dungeon style, like I'm, you know, Chris Jericho or some shit back in the 90s, right? And I was like, this is going to be fantastic. I got there. This man taught me how to do a headlock and a front forearm. And it was the worst front forearm I've ever done in my life. So I taught him how to do it. And he's like, damn, that was really good. Do you want to trade the class? <laughs> And I was like, "Excuse me." Can He's I have like, my "Yeah." Back? <laughs> yeah. I'll no, it. but I was honored at yeah. the time because yeah, you get brainwashed in this shit, right? Yeah. So I was like, "Yeah, that would be great." Yeah. So I spent three hours of my life teaching random people <laughs> how to do basic <laughs> wrestling stuff, so that Smith Hart could get a paycheck and fuck off. <laughs> Good times. Oh yeah. Now you <laughs> you were at Super Kicks for a while, and I know. Uh, through us just having chit chats and stuff like that going and you know doing our fishing adventures that never seem to end very well um no. that uh yeah <laughs> that you've helped train a couple of people um just for some of our listeners who would some of those people be that would uh no like you said you've had your hand oh, okay. in training some people yourself right well, I get like people who got signed, or just people no, in general. Just people in general. I don't know. I guess people around the indies, uh, guys that started out when I was training the Saturday classes, was like uh, Gabriel Fuerza and Von Vertigo. Um, guys like uh, what's Donnie's name? John Greed. Yeah, John Greed. John Greed just started out when I was there for a few years. Uh, yeah, Alexia Nicole was. More so a, a Fuego personal trainer thing. Uh, Jasmine in the WWE, she was like Aaliyah back in the day. Taught her a bunch of stuff. Uh, basically, I, I taught the Saturday classes. So we had uh, Sebastian Suave and Jordan Marquez running the Thursday classes. Rob Fuego ran the Wednesday classes. And after the first like year and a half or so of me training there, uh, I was asked to run the Saturday classes, in which we're a little bit more open. And it was like, uh, hey, what do you want to learn today? Let's work on that rather than a, this is the, you know, fixture of how to do <laughs> wrestling step by step on a basic scale. Right. So it kind of gave people a little bit more of a opening to be themselves. I got a question for Chris. Yes. Haven't you been doing more announcing and, and stuff like that recently? So... I was actually asked and approached by CPW management to do a, a ring announcing gig last, would have been, it would have been in July. Yeah. 
in July, um, I did my first announcing gig, and unfortunately, it didn't go as planned because of uh, something. No, so there were some hiccups um, with uh, with stuff. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bridge or anything like that because I've. It's a bus. Well, whatever you can say, bus. I'll say bridge. We're we're not throwing anybody because I've already had a come. No, we're not throwing anybody under the bus either because I've had conversations with said person and the the problem has already resolved itself in one show. The problem is never resolved unless you look a man in the eye while he's jerking off. All right, Matt, you just took this really. Is it the person you were talking to me about? Yes. Oh, the person that's going to be booking the shows in the future? No. It it is not that person. It was our sound guy, and I've had it. Yeah, so I had communications. Me and the sound guy had mixed communication. Mixed communications. There was a spot where a certain wrestler was supposed to come through the curtain first, and unfortunately, the wrong music was queued up. Oops! On three different occasions, he oh. mixed the music up. So when you have a cue card written out and you have who's supposed to be coming through the curtain and your back is to the curtain because you're looking at hard cam and you hear the wrong music, you're like, uh, that's not what's on my card. So what the fuck's going on? It kind of messes with your brain. Sounds like we got a better sound guy here. Yeah. I.E. me. Because <laughs> I sit down for like two hours. <laughs> Look, my first CPW show, I straight up came out to Nickelback. So, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot my music, and I was like, "Hey, sound guy, who's unnamed? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just play anything for me. Something cool. That sounds good." And then I hear the raw theme song, like it's fucking 2008. <laughs> so I know CPW does not stand for Can't Punch Women. So what does it stand for? Cor- Courage Pro Wrestling. <laughs> Can punch women. Oh. Our champion is a female, and she mixes it up with the male superstars. Male talent. And believe me, unfortunately, she has been, as we call it in the business, shot on. I refuse to answer the the following questions. I plead the fifth. As a female, I might be stepping on some other females' uh feet here i actually don't mind intergender or mixed tag matches where the women do mix it up with the guys because it just shows the toughness of them but yet freaking censorship makes a big deal about it and other women are like oh this promotes abuse well no because it's not the same thing right it's just not i actually enjoy it it can show the toughness of it of of a woman like look at alexa i'm about to get canceled here (laughs) (laughs) good luck i got this set to explicit Okay, Okay, uh, uh, can I get something out real quick? Of course. Okay, so I got nothing against uh, mixed matches. So a lady punches a guy. A guy might maybe not like full-on punch a lady because I I don't agree with that. I'd full-on punch a lady. But like, you know. I have full-out punched multiple ladies. (laughs) Okay, well, I guess in the business it's okay. Jody DeMilo full-out punches you 100%. Oh, she would fuck you up in a real fight. Ninety-five percent of the Ontario scene would get wrecked by Jody DeMilo. That lady is literally Wonder Woman. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. wow. 
So the thing that I do have a problem with is someone that's like, say, transitioning from male to like female and then going for an all-female title. So like women's championship. That's where things get tricky for me because you're into like a different body type in a lot of respects, right? It, yeah, yeah, we're definitely getting canceled for sure. Um, Can I make it super then, easy? Yeah. It's basically because wrestling's fake. So it doesn't oh, really matter, that. right? Just like the big show can wrestle like the fucking Rey Mysterios of the world, right? It doesn't matter if you're a guy, a girl, a trans person, a you know, bi person, whatever it is, right? So it's then, just two people in a ring yeah. fighting each other. There's a lot of like old timey rules that was like mixed people, you know, it has to be a mixed gender match or whatever. Yeah. But nowadays, if you associate yourself with a female or you associate yourself with a male, it, it doesn't people, really matter. Yeah. yeah it, Back in, like, <coughs> the 1400s, every single person that you saw yeah. on stage or in a col- coliseum or whatever yeah. that was a woman was a dude. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Only, it's, only two, <laughs> it's only in the last 200 oh, that years that people nose. started actually caring. So, in, in that respect, then, then don't make it the <laughs> men's championship or the women's championship. Oh. Just make it the championship. I... At that point. That's why... Yeah. So, so we have, we at CPW. As a man. Okay, so I wrestled Leah Von Dutch. I wrestled, uh, like I said, Jody DeMilo. I wrestled, uh, fuck, all kinds of people. Yeah. Right, Christy Hemi, right? SoCal Val, right? I wrestled women for consistent, like, eight months. All I did was women matches. Right? Way more than Andy Kaufman. If I was able, as a man, as the only man who was getting booked against women, right? Like, if other <laughs> guys went and wanted to fight women... And the women were like, yeah, okay, let's do it. They would fight them. But they're too pansy to fight these women. Right? So I go out there. I'll fight whoever because it doesn't make a difference to me whether you're a man, woman, child, or baby. I'll punch you in the face. Right? <laughs> at, the end, at the end of the day, if I'm a competitor and I'm able to beat every woman on your roster, I should be the women's champion. Yeah. Right? It doesn't matter what my sexual preference is. It doesn't matter what my what no. I do when I go home. At the end of the day, I'm better than everybody on your roster, which means I need to be your champion. Which is why I think that we should just stop calling it a woman's champion or a men's champion. Just make it a champion. <laughs> Skip the entire question exactly. of the whole thing. Oh, your kid's got a good title? Always got okay, so we're, title. we're getting off. Uh, yeah, we're getting script. off all over. We're, the place. we're getting off script, but yeah, yeah. So, um, back to what Matt was saying. Encourage Pro Wrestling, our heavyweight champion. It's not classified as a male or a women's champion. It's the heavyweight championship. Um, mm-hmm. Sabrina Kyle holds that title. Um. And then we have our Courage Pro Wrestling tag team titles, so anybody could hold those. Good. There is no sexual preference put on. We have very many. We have, well, so far in the eight months that I've worked for the company, we've had a handful of mixed, uh, of transitional people. Like, one of the best per- people on our roster and most down-to-earth people that I'm hoping that we can also, I can also do an interview with is Ryder Furlong, who is that Kyle's tag team partner, and they are transitioning. Yeah. So, like, my problem wasn't that 
someone who transitioned from a male to a female couldn't participate in the female thing. I'm saying instead of having a problem where that comes up because you're dealing with two different body types, remove the male female, which is why yeah, there I'm, should not be yeah. a, there should be not there should not anymore. be a gender yeah. Well, stipulated on the everybody title. here knows we're pro gay, pro yes. transition. It doesn't matter who you are, we love you, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's why I don't want to sound misconstrued. So um I was going to say cuz on that when you think about it when you look at the WWE's no belts, the world, the World Heavyweight Championship isn't specifically saying men's heavyweight championship. No. Technically speaking, it's the world, right? So Charlotte or Becky Lynch could go for those championships, but they don't. They stick to the women's titles. Well, that's because Vince wouldn't allow it, but... But maybe Triple H might. Hey, Triple H, we yeah. know you're really good at booking and shit. Let's see freaking Charlotte versus Roman Reigns. Okay, we're going to... Well, yeah, but she's injured right now, so I can't really push her. Yeah. yeah she's but let's get back to, to but questions yeah, yeah. for... But anyways, I'm just saying. Yeah. To kind of wrap things up, I know you make your own gear. What made you get into making your own gear and helping other people on the indies with gear? Yeah, so... I own and run Gimmick Apparel Limited. Uh, I make tights and stuff like that, obviously, for people around Ontario. And the main reason is because I'm cheap. And when I started wrestling, High Spots and E-Lucha and MTZ Wear and all those other places that you can buy gear from wanted retarded amounts. Sorry, wrong word, sorry. Uh, eccentric amounts for the gear that I was asking to be made. So I bought a sewing machine instead, and I bought a bunch of sewing materials, some thread and scissors and spandex and stuff like that, and learned how to do it myself. After a couple of years, people were asking me, hey, where'd you get your gear from? And uh, instead of being like, oh, I got it from Seductions in Oshawa, or I got it from Elucha, or I got it from wherever, I was like, oh, I made it myself. So uh, I had a bunch of guys back in my first little bout of wrestling there, because I took a few years off. Um, that, you know, I was making singlets and trunks and stuff like that for uh, guys like Buck Gunnarsson and Onyx and uh, Tarek, I th or not Tarek, sorry, uh, Preston Miles, right? So uh, made some stuff for them and then took a few years off, came back when I started working with the HPW guys and trying to basically just help out the newer generation because I just had my first kid and stuff like that. Um, I started making gear for myself just so i can do shows and started making gear for everybody else at you know a way cheaper cost than pretty much anywhere else uh just because people deserve to look good and you know be able to promote themselves and get signed without having to break the bank because not everybody has a fantastic job that they can afford four or five hundred dollars for gear like it's it's nuts nowadays so do you print t-shirts i do i do shirts hats uh really yeah pretty much anything you need so, really? Okay. So yeah, I have a heat press. I have a Cricut. I can cut out any design you want. Um, when it comes to tights, I do spandex, pleather, like. What What are you usually per t-shirt? Uh, it depends how many shirts you want. Obviously, if you just want like one shirt, it'd be like twenty twenty five bucks, right? If you wanted fifty shirts, right, I could do like eleven dollars, twelve dollars, usually a shirt. So cool, cool. When you're at a wrestling show selling them for twenty five, you're making profit off them too. Yippers. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I spend about seven, eight dollars to make the shirt. So I make four bucks mm -hmm. of me actually putting them together. 
I don't think that's too much of a gouge. Uh, if you do, I'm, I'm sorry. Chris, Love you still. Chris has your number? He does. Okay. Yes. All right. Chris, obviously I have his number. <laughs> well, so would you be able to do better than 200 bucks for 20 shirts? Because the last time we had the shirts done, yes. they were 200 Okay, this part will be added out. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Yes. I we well, this. no, like the personal conversation will be added out. Um, last and final question. Yeah. The, the last and final question I have for you. If you could help promote or push one person who is currently an indie superstar, who do you think would be the biggest person to push in your eyes? I would push Chris right down the stairs. Do you, do you want me to say my friends? Or do you want me to see somebody who I think is extremely talented? Somebody. God, how am I going to pick this Well, these up? people aren't here. Are already not jobbers. Okay, so... Basically, in my opinion, I can't just pick one person. Uh, I think Tyler Arrow is fantastic, and he needs to be in any sort of big-name company because I'd pay to see that, and I don't pay per- uh, for pay-per-views. I stream them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's how that <laughs> To goes. Jax Williams and Robbie uh, Cosmos, great tag team, awesome guys. They're really young, but they, they're both guys that got sweep uh, in-ring ability, they're really uh, athletically uh, endeavored, I guess would be the word. They can do flips and kicks and all kinds of stuff and keep going and going like the Energizer Bunny. Uh, both of them are in pretty good shape, so uh, they'll probably end up getting signed. So I'd suggest watching them when you can uh, before you can't afford to. Uh, oh, that shape. Kyle is probably one of the most entertaining guys on the Ontario scene. Uh, I've known and him his, for his a, ring name is That Kyle. That Kyle. He That's is great. the douchebag of your dreams. Like, he like is the, the energy guy you drink knew chugging and hated. freak out. Yeah, yeah punching okay. drywall, kicking babies. You know, he yeah. hasn't seen his dad in the last 14 years because that pack of smokes was real, real important. Yeah, his um, mom's been on blow <laughs> since the 80s. I, yeah. I, yeah, so yeah. Uh, definitely one to look out for. And uh, the more you watch, the deeper his gimmick actually gets if oh, you pay it. attention. So, yeah, definitely somebody to look into. Um, other than that, I would do your best not to watch Jason Chase. Uh, he's horrible in, in every regard. Jason Chase is, is a complete dirt bag from what I hear, uh, according to a bunch of the Ontario indie guys. Um, I thought you were Jason Chase. Oh, I am. Oh. Yeah. He's not don't, I see. Yeah, I don't. No, I don't. Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck Jason Chase. Don't worry about him. But I'm glad He'll you could be, be okay. here, Greg. Greg is a great yeah, guy. Yeah, Greg. See, is Greg that's the thing, solo. right? Yeah. Good guy, Greg works no ring north one time. There you go. Jason Chase, unfortunately, is kind of a dirtbag. There you go. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about Ron. Oh shit! Yeah, sorry. I have a tag team partner when I work for uh, Courage Pro Wrestling. Uh, he's the mayor of pro wrestling. His name is Rod T. Legend. He's the shit. I guarantee you. Uh, you watch this man. He's like six foot six, two hundred and fifty nice. pounds. He is my bodyguard. He will smack the shit out of you. He will knock your teeth from one side of the arena to the other if you pipe up. So how about you keep your mouth shut, sit down in the front row, and understand that you paid to see us. So, <laughs> see, the one thing, like, I'm not the biggest uh, wrestling fan, but the two things I love is a dude that can fly yes, and a big guy. Yes. I used to be the dude that can fly. Now I'm the cripple in the ring. 
And uh, Ron is definitely the big guy. He can you know, hold his own. I ripped my MCL out of my knee the last time I was on a show. And uh, yeah, he beat up two guys that were dressed like Super Nintendo characters. And uh, nice. I've, I've never been more proud of somebody, you know. So, Chris, you got something funny you can close this out with? Well, with, I was hoping to end it with Jason. Yeah, Jason's promo, but you never know, end he, with a promo. Make it you, funny for you the kinda, fans. Make it funny for the fans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I don't do promos. I don't know all your catch. So remember, I'm the high flying, hard chopping, milk drinking, Red Bull pimping, cartoon loving, fully functional bad boy hitting your eyes in 3D, but coming at you for real. The man of a million monikers, Mr. Jason. Jason. Jason.